Shake and uh, go puja. Bring our Gary Raj and put him on top of the Krishna Balaram rock out here. And we did this one other year, the first year we had that rock. I don't know if some of you are here, you're nodding your heads. So we'll do a big Abhishek there in Kirtan and go puja and, uh, and so forth. And then we'll go over to the temple. And hopefully we're going to have a little. Uh, a little Govardhan made out of cow dung. The temple and the deities and the temple and so forth. I'll give a talk and all the Boga will come down. After the Abhishek, all the Boga will come down. The, uh, the traditionally on that day, you'll put all the pots out on the altar and so forth. And so, then I'll give a talk and there will be Arctic and and take prasadam, and I don't know what time that'll be, but maybe just in time for second class. <laughs> we'll just go on like that until the evening. So, otherwise, tonight, t- t- tomorrow is the Govardhan Puja. That's, the, I guess, like the New Year's Day. This is like the New Year's Eve, something like that, of in Indian culture. I know tomorrow they are all going around with. Boxes of sweets and Diwali Sukham, Diwali Sukham, Happy Diwali, like you would say Happy New Year. And uh, but today's a Diwali, so I guess it's like New Year's Eve. Forgive me for you know my ignorance of modern Indian culture to some extent. I uh, confess that, but Diwali is a big uh, day in India, as New Year's Eve is here in America, but it has a very different idea to it than the spirit behind starting the new year. It's a, it's a time of new beginnings, and, and Anukut Govardhan's a harvest festival traditionally. 
so that the night before the, the new year, the new new beginnings, and so forth is um, is party time is a little different than the Western culture of today. Of course, I don't ever mean to say that Indian culture is better in all ways and so forth. And I'd be the first to say that that's not the case. India is not the solution to everything and every problem in the world. They have a lot of problems of their own. And um, But I think the spirit of ancient Indian culture is um, very important and um, something that we would be very earnestly like to invite people to consider and um, replace the kind of the spirit of some of the modern cultures of the world. Of course, modern culture of the world, ancient cultures of our world, perhaps of all parts of the world, were a little bit more perhaps spiritually oriented than today. Consumerism is so widespread, materialism and so forth. It is in India as, as, as well, of course. But nonetheless, in India is, uh, is kind of like a spiritual mother of the, of the world. So, you know, with regard to Diwali, for example, the, it's a festival of, of lights, basically, is, is the idea. Deepa. Deepa means light, like the ghee lamp, the light. And it's really, the orientation is really about um, looking within, illumining within, removing the darkness of ignorance that is the external projection to the world is about with our senses in relation to sense objects and so forth. But to look within, this is kind of like, almost like the national anthem of India, is, you know, to look within. If you go, Tamasi Ma, Tamasa, what is it, Tamaso Ma, Jyoti Gamaya, Asato Ma, Sad Gamayo, Tamaso Ma, Jyoti Gamayo, Mitta Ma, Amritam Gamayo, this is like the you know, Pledge of Allegiance or something, and you know, in all the schools they do this. Whether they know the meaning anymore is, is another thing, but Brihadaranyaka, um, one of the oldest texts of the sacred texts, um, the Upanishads, this famous uh, mantra, hymn, and uh, it doesn't just say from Asato Masad Gamayo, from Asad go to, from the unreal, go to the real. Tamaso ma gamaya. From the darkness, tamasa, go to the jyoti, to the light. And mrityam amamritam gamayo, from mrityam, from death, go to immortality, mrityam amritam gamayo. It doesn't just say that, it says, take me. It's a petition, it's a prayer. It means we need help in this, in this regard. Take me from, from the darkness to the light, from the unreal to the real, from death to immortality. Petition to the Lord. This is, this should be the anthem of all progressive people. 
progress is not by material acquisition. Of course, that'll point out well in the Gobadan Leela also. But that we'll discuss tomorrow. But here, this sloka, slogan, anthem, hymn of the Veda, very, very old amongst the sacred texts of India, Brihadaranyaka, branch of the, maybe the Rig Veda, uh, branch of the Upanishad. Each of these Vedas has a Upanishad branch. Yeah. Something like that. Very old idea. The Indian civilization goes back uh, a long way. And, and so it's been permeated by this kind of thinking. And uh, this is progress. This is what life is about. To go from the unreal to the real. To go from darkness to light. To be taken from death, mrityam, martyrokam. This is sometimes called in the, in the texts the world of plane of death, material existence. To go from there, to be taken from there to immortality. And so, this kind of these essential kind of um, spirit of orientation to life of ancient Indian culture that we we would like to bring everywhere and impress it upon people. It's much different than the, than the direction of modern society and the ideas of progress, of course. And, and I think with regard to older societies that were less materialistic, given the industrial times hadn't developed and so forth, in that sense, not as much, let's say, maybe people could be as materialistic, but they would eat more and have more sex or something because there was no video games or anything else to be distracted by but preoccupied nonetheless with uh, sense objects but um, still if we want to look at ancient cultures uh, and their spiritual origins and so forth India is deep comparatively deep and and um, kind of the religious and spiritual mother of the world so at any rate Diwali Nipawali, it's a festival of, of light, and uh, the implication is that we should begin anew and go from darkness to light and petition that I might be taken because it's it's a formidable, formidable task. Indeed, you know, in the, in the Gita and, and throughout, actually, but prominent text of the Gita, Krishna tells us that Mamamaya Durachaya. He says, Durata, it's not possible to cross over Maya, my Maya, Mama Maya, Durata, it is insurmountable. But Mami Vaye Prapadyante, Maya Metam, Taranti, you can cross over Taranti. If you surrender to me, then I, I can take you across. That's not a problem, that's a no brainer. <laughs> It makes the impossible possible. But on your own, you know, it's not possible. You may think you've done it. A coup d'etat. By not surrendering to me, that somehow you've crossed over. You'll wake up one day at the bottom of the pile again. <laughs> So, it's a formidable task, and um, 
to himself, to take help is not only an option, it's necessary, it's absolutely required. So, anyway, light, go from light, from darkness to light, and this going from darkness to light, then, this has its application in the lower sense and in the higher sense. And so the richness again of India's spiritual spirituality, the spirituality that has come to us through through this place on our planet. <laughs> Look at it like that. Beyond sectarian concerns, on your planet, it came to you over there, on that spot in India. The lower end of the idea of going from darkness to light is so high to come out of ignorance of material absorption, the bodily conception of life, and, mm. and so forth. Breathtaking, actually. To think about it changes the whole, whole, whole life just so dramatically. It's a 180 degrees turn around from outward going, as I say, in pursuit of our highest prospect in life in relation to sense objects to going inward, by which all acquisition, sense objects combined, if it could be possible, are absolutely meaningless, hold no charm. We are to go inward. Just enough, just in enough to touch, to touch the self. Just if we could become illumined within enough to see ourself. This is the lower end of what it means to go from darkness to light. But it has a higher end too, and of course it comes to us in the uh, tradition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in particular, but within regard to all bhakti, perhaps it's brought out more. No doubt it is in the tradition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but with regard to bhakti and Diwali in particular, I say this comes to light. It's it's a like all of the wonderful uh, holidays of India. They're all related to some leela of the Lord, the gods and goddesses in in their cosmic play, uh, or Vishnu and his different appearances, his descents, avatara. The uh, festival of light, as it is, the Diwali, is related to Ramlila. And uh, in Ram was uh, exiled for 14 years. And Bharat, who was his brother and became the king, or who, whom Kekai wanted to become the king, having been victimized by bad association. She became a victim of bad association and was led to believe it would not be in her interest for Ram to become the king because then her son wouldn't become the king. Nasarath had I believe, three wives and, and several sons and um, Ram was to be the, the king and everyone was happy with that. But by bad association she was led to believe that that would not be good for her and so... A promise had been given by Ram, by Dasarath, to to this particular wife. If, if you ever make a request, then I'll fulfill it. I forget how she. What did she do to get it? She was the Chatriya wife, and she saved saved, saved his life. Right. She saved his life. So.
he owed her one. Something like that. And so then this is how she she used her his indebtedness, banish Ram and make my son Bharat the king. And so for fourteen years he was banished. And Ram, of course, Maria de Marg, the the path of dutiful adherence to Dharma, coming of course into the realm of bhakti, accepted the curse or the or insisted that her his father honor his promise to his mother and even though it cost his father who who acquiesced and did so cost him his life he died in separation from Ram Ram insisted and off he went as you know into the forest Sita and Lakshman and along the way they picked up Hanuman and quite a few others uh, it's a wonderful Leela, Ram Leela, human-like Leela. Uh, God is king in exile. But uh, Bart, he put Ram's shoes on the altar and he became a hermit. He didn't want the king, kingdom. Nobody wanted, the, nobody wanted anyone but the, to be the king except uh, anyone other than Ram. And only Kekai for a few minutes, and then it was over, and she realized her mistake, and her whole life was in lamentation over that as well. And so Bark became, you know, redlocks and whatnot. He made a little hermit's house. He stayed there, and he did some duties as much as he had to, but as far as he was concerned, Ram was king in exile. And um, so the 14th year expired, and they were counting counting the days, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years, and it was, you know, time for him to return. <laughs> and uh, so all the inhabitants lit up the city with lamps, like, we're here, it's here, you know, here we are. In case you've forgotten us, the whole city was lit up with the light of their hearts, the lamplight of their hearts, affection and love for Ram, just get just manifest externally glowing like this. So their hearts were they weren't in darkness, they were were a glow, but they were a glow in the shadows of separation from Ram. So this is a kind of darkness in the high end of bhakti. Do you understand? They were already liberated. They're residents of Ayodhya, Ram Dham and they had complete love for Ram, but they had some anxiety. They had, just like our life is preoccupied with sense objects, so we have anxiety, we have attachments, and therefore we suffer. And there is absolutely no other reason. I mean, this is really simple stuff, but it's really profound. There's no other reason. We can come up with so many reasons and blame so many people and uh, be busy in so many ways to make a solution to our anxieties, but there's only, only one cause, root cause, and that is our attachment, which is ignorance, darkness. So from that, we have to come into light. So then we find that the residents of Ayodhya, in, in light of love for Ram, I mean, you have to think about it like this, like, just like think about somebody you love. If you love your son, if you love your daughter, if you love your husband, if you love your wife, 
And then if you think for a moment, you know, my son, he hasn't come home, it's late, it's late, it's late, what happened, what happened? maybe there's an accident, maybe there's this, maybe, then the mind just goes off and you hallucinate so many things and get so absorbed in it, you can't really, you go through the motions of everything, but your stomach is breezy, you really can't eat, you can't, the phone rings, it's, you know, that's him, it's not him, it's this, this kind of avesh, absorption, this is how they felt about Ram. Is he coming back? This is love. And this isn't even the Ragmarg, but it's above Baikuntha. It's the highest chambers of Baikuntha before we go to Golok. Then Dwarka still more. Gyan, Bhakti mixed with Gyan, or the knowledge that Krishna is God, is, uh, the worship is imbued with this. All until we get to Braj, there's what kind of absorption that is, what kind of love that is. Like friend to friend, lover to lover, and mother to son, and so forth. Inconceivable. So anyway, in such realms, then, how can there be any darkness? But how can there be anxiety? That it turns like this, to this kind of anxiety, out of love. Love is not just uh, peace. It's, as I said before, it, we search in life, and we cannot rest. We, we search in want of love, and we cannot rest until we find it. And when we find it... We find that it has a movement of its own, and it's a roller coaster, and off we go again. But we're centered anyway. We found the center. We found love, and then we're riding on that. So there are ups and downs to that, but they're all good, just like they say. It's a lover's quarrel. Don't get in the middle. Don't get in the middle. Because <laughs> what happens when you get in the middle of a lover's quarrel and you try to sort it out and take sides? They both end up hating you because that's just a one phase of their affection. And, and, and love for one another, even though they don't understand it themselves at the time. Even. So, so love is ignorance. That's a fact. Tamagun is, is, is related to Prem in this way. Ignorance, highest Prem, is a kind of a divine ignorance. And it appears like sense enjoyment and attachment. People of Goloka in particular, there's attached people interested in sense enjoyment. And they're our highest ideal. So it's a similar kind of looking. So there's this Tama, ignorance, darkness within the lightest, the most illumined realms of bhakti. And so it has its, it shows to some place, extent here, like they say in Ramlila. In this instance, in the whole of the Dham, is uh, feeling attachment, feeling the anxiety that comes from that. And their hearts, their hearts are aglow with love for Ram, and it comes out in the form of the lamps that light the whole city, waiting for his return, trying to illuminate the path back for him to come, for him to come home. We want to go home, they want Ram to come home. So, of course, Hanuman shows up first, and Bart meets him, and uh, is told that Ram is on his way. So, celebrations begin, and everybody's in new dress, and uh, flowers everywhere, and decorations, and so on and so forth. But uh, the idea here is that the lights which is, like I say, the lamplight of their love, of their heart glowing, is such that it causes the Lord to come 
and take them from the shadows of the darkness of separation, as it's said in Christian terminology, that they have an idea of the dark night of the soul. It's a, it's a long, long one, 14 years here, in this instance. They waited. So this is higher idea. So removing the light, removing the darkness, I should say, into the light, this has its application, not only with regard to moving from ignorance of material existence to liberation, but within liberated life, within praying. And um, it goes further, of course, in relation to Krishna Bhakti, which we come to tomorrow with the Govardhan Leela. It's not a Leela of separation and, and so forth, but it's uh, within the Krishna Leela, the point is the kind of attachment that causes the anxiety, which is the tamasa, darkness, is intenser than it is in, in, uh, in Ram Leela. Gopis had to wait even longer, and all the inhabitants of Vrindavan, even longer, about a hundred and hundred plus years, hundred and twenty, three or four years, for Krishna to return to Vrindavan. And this is separation in the Prakat Lila, the manifest Lila. This is where separation really plays itself out. In the Aprakat Lila, in Golok uh, Dham, you don't have this kind of separation. And you don't have that kind of union, some Riddhiman, some Bog, that corresponds with that type of separation. Well, they're always in union. But this separation is intense. But besides that, besides separation, the very nature of the Golok, of Brajalok, of Vrindavan, is that it's, it's full of anxiety. It is our Sampradaya heralds the glories of the, of the Parakya Bhav. And this parakya is really it's really all pervasive in the Braj. If you uh, take the plight of Koshalya, mother of Ram, and deal with her in particular, her son or, or Dasarath who died of separation from his son in exile, it's pretty intense. But Mother Yashoda, she is the, the pinnacle of. of um, Motherly affection, Watsalia, and singing about this with Damodarastakam. This is the month for memory. The Damodar Leela. Damodar Leela is connected with the Govardhan Leela, of course. It has its, uh, Govardhan Leela has its origins in the, in the Damodar Leela. With, uh, Krishna's breaking the butter pot and, and so forth for being neglected. And why neglected? Because Mother Yashoda was without so many of her servants and assistants to do the household tasks because they were all involved in the Indra Puja, which was a traditional affair. And so, by account of that, Krishna felt I was abused in my childhood. <laughs> he wanted to make up for it in his, in his youth, so, so he dealt with Indra effectively. So, Anyway, the, the motherly affection of Jashodama is, is, is beyond uh, comparison. She is the paradigmatic figure that uh, represents the full force of, uh, of affection. This is the whole, I, really the whole idea of like, the ocean of milk. It's a, 
that place is surrounded by milk <laughs> and the cows and all this means it's a very affectionate place. You have to swim the ocean of milk to get there. You know, Brahma went to the shore called of that place, of that ocean, to call Krishna with some affection, to bring him down. So anyway, with regard to her motherly affection in particular, then she thinks that uh, she's affected by this parakya in, in a sense when the idea of parakya meaning belonging to another when she hears some rumor that Krishna's not really your son. Krishna is really Devaki's son. He really, he's really from Mathura. This then causes her some anxiety. The cowherds hear that, you know, that he's not really your friend eternally. They need some siddhanta to help them. Oh, Bhagyam. The Brahma says it in a big way. Oh, Bhagyam. Oh, Bhagyam. Nanda Gopa Brajoka. Brajoka Sam. Yan. Yan Nityam. Yan Mityam. Nan. What? Mitram Paramananandam. Puna Brahma Sanatanam. Jivagasani. Well, actually, Sanatana Goswami. Jivagasani follows him in his Satsandarva, but in the Sanatana Prabhu's Tika and Bhagavatam. Of this verse, he explains, Yan Mitram Paramanandam Purna Brahma Sanatanam. Purna Brahma Sanatanam. It says, Oh, Brahma says, Oh, Oh Bhagyam, Oh Bhagyam. Before this verse, he glorifies Vatsalya Bhakti. This is in Brahma Vimohan Lila, the prayers at the end of the Brahma Vimohan Lila. Brahma's giving the whole Sagodiya Siddhanta, chapter 14, 10th chapter through his prayers. And of course he's experienced the affection of Bhatsalya Bhakti and Sakya Bhakti in Vrindavan because he stole the cows or the calves and the boys. And Krishna manifests himself as the calves and the boys and then he saw that uh, the mothers of the boys and the cows, who were the mothers of the calves, showed extraordinary affection for their boys and calves. Balaram himself noted this and thought, because he wasn't there on the day of the stealing of the, the calves and the cowherd boys. He thought, hmm, my master has done something very, this is his mystic power to see this. When the calves, who were hobbled for milking, they hobbled so that they couldn't run, couldn't kick and, and get to their calves who had been weaned but were still, you know, we'll wean a calf here but she's still ready to drink and moms are ready to, not happy to give up, you know, the, uh, the giving of the milk to her calf. Anyway, they were hobbled but they ran, galloped, nonetheless, down the hill to meet the calves as they were coming back from the forest with Krishna and all of his friends and the mothers affection for their boys they exceeded anything Balaram had ever seen. And so Brahma saw this too. And he praised the Vatsali Rasa and then he praised the Saki Rasa. He said, oh, Bhagyam, with regard to the Vatsali Rasa and other things, but with the Saki Rasa, and he said, Ho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam. He said it twice. Nanda Gopa Bharoksam Yan Mitram Paramanandam Puna Brahma Sanatanam while he praised the gopis, elderly gopis, Bhatsali Lakti, in this verse, the Nam side, he said, the whole of Braj, Braj Nanda Gopa, Bhajokasam, the 
all these people of the Braj. They all have a friendly relationship with Krishna. And who is? This is inconceivable, he said. Yanmitram Paramanandam, he's Paramananda. Purna Brahma, Sanatana. He's the Supreme Ananda, he's the Purna Brahma, the full Brahma, eternally. He's the eternally complete Brahma. But Sanatana was pointing out the word Sanatana can also refer to the friendship of the boys with Krishna and Krishna with the boys. He's eternally their friend. Could be misconstrued because he looks like an ordinary friend. And ordinary friends are not eternal in this world. He looks just like that. He acts just like that. But he's eternally their friend. Jiva Goswami brings it up because he says, someone may say, well, he's not eternally their friend. Not in this form, anyway. This may just be an appearance of Narayan or something. They might, they might think like this. But really their relationship. It's not, not like that. Eternally, their friend. These people are in a different place altogether here. So these eternal friends, if anyone, we're saying it here to, to assure them, to give them some tattva. No, it's the fact. You're the eternal friends. It's not that he really lives somewhere else in Mathura and Dwarka. Like some people say, they're wrong. We allow them to think the way they do, that's okay. But if they should come and try to tell us we're wrong, we've got a lot to say to them. Puna Brahma Sanaptanam, Yanitram Paramanandam, and so on. So, so anyway, the, the point being that this, uh, there's some sense in the Braj that, that oh, maybe he belongs somewhere else, not here. Maybe they say he's not my son, they say he's not our friend, he's not really from here. You know, your friend has come from the same place, you got everything in common. This is the idea. If he's really from some other place, it'd be kind of like, huh? Well, he's not one of us. Some distance is created. So some people try to try to spoil the party of Brudge, but you can't really. It's better to join them. This is the idea of Mahaprabhu. So, and of course, it reaches its pitch in conjugal love and their way in conjugal love, while in these other sentiments for the Lord they may think that they may be troubled. This is the darkness, the ignorance. It isn't ignorance, because he belongs to them, actually. They may think that he, he belongs to someone else, but gopis think we belong to someone else. That's really troublesome. They're belonging to someone else, because they're married to someone else. They belong over there, and he's over here. So this is parakiyas reaching, you know, it's full expression. They want swakiya, they want to be with him, but it appears that they belong to another. And so this pervades the galok. There's a kind of ignorance and a darkness that pervades there. And his beautiful commentary on on uh, Gita was it ten eleven? Shri brought out this idea. There Krishna says, Tesham evanukam partam ham agyana jam tamaha na shayami atma bhavasto jnana dipena vashvata. So this is the, this is the diwali light. Gyan dipena. The deep. It is gyan deep vashvata. It illumines. 
And what is it? The general idea is out of compassion for them. Krishna says, I, out of compassion for them, Tesham, them, Aham, Evanukampartam, out of compassion, Aham, I, Tesham, Evanukampartam, Aham, Agyana, I remove their ignorance, Aham, Agyana, Jam, Tamaha, the darkness, the Tama, Agya, the darkness of their ignorance, I remove, Nashayami, I remove Atma Babashto, situated in their hearts. I remove that. But here in Golok, he's outside of their heart. He's come outside of the heart. He's appearing there. So, Shidamar says, follow the, the lead of Vishwamachapitaka, who says that the Gyan Deep, which is what this talk is about, the light of knowledge, that is the, the, uh, celebrating on the new year to go from darkness to light we should go there once and for all remove the ignorance this this jnana deep is a special kind of knowledge so you know he basically means it's it's a light of bhakti that's being talked about here he gives them bhakti he doesn't just give them he's talking about his devotees so he gives devotees who are aspiring for full bhakti, he gives them bhakti, it's sarup shakti descends in their hearts and illumines them in a way that ordinary jnana does not. But Chidamarsh wanted to take that and develop it further in relation to Raghunuga Bhakti, which the four slokas of the Gita in the tenth chapter, of which this is one, that are the essential slokas according to Vishwanachakti Thakur, are really pointing in the direction of this Rag bhakti. So he's taken it and developed it nicely. He says, If you take this, it can be taken another way. I, out of, out of need for their association, having been conquered by their love, I come running to them. And uh, like... You know, for the gopis running back from the forest with the cows or something to meet them. And I, with the illumination of my association, which is the highest knowledge, Sakshat Darshan of Krishna, I take them again, as I said, in Ramadha, but more intensely so from the shadows of separation or from, I assure them that I belong to you. Mamata, this is the bhakti of the spirit of the Braj. He belongs to us. He's ours. This kind of possessiveness, I mean to say, that, that we're possessed of. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. It's all reposed in him. He's ours. He's one of us. He's a Brajbasi. He's not anything else. This is like we're just really bringing God down to earth, so to speak, close to the human heart. He's one of us. This is their their spirit. So, as I say, the darkness of that realm is that, that may come into question a little bit. They may dream otherwise, or hear some rumor otherwise, or gopi situation is, as I've explained, but he assures them. He repeatedly assures them. And this is, again, the roller coaster of the life of 
love of Golok. So this is the Gyan, Gyan Dipena Bhashwata, by which he illumines his devotees' hearts and makes them full in union, only for separation to come again or that rumor to come again. And, and this is the dynamic play that makes it not a static affair of enlightenment, but a dynamic and exciting one, which is, as I say, at the very nature of life, it's of love. It's a kind of movement of its own. It's not just that you look for your whole life for love and you decide there is none, and therefore become peaceful without chasing after it, but you can't stay in that position. You have to find it. So this is, anyway, some way to think about the festival of light, Diwali, the New Year's Eve. From that, we'll go tomorrow into the Govardhan, Govardhan Leela. This is O'Hara's tonight. Introduction to Krishna Leela. Jnana Dipena Bhashwata. Diwali Kijai. Diwali Sukham. Any question? All right, so is there any prashad for everybody? Take a little prashad. There will be no fasting tomorrow. Ma prashad ki jai. Ji diwali ki jai.